0: Greetings and hello, fellow Trekkies. Welcome back to another episode of Yelling About Star Trek. My name is Christian Fox, and this is the show where I yell at you about all things Star Trek for your amusement, so I'm not yelling at my friends and family who don't want to hear about my thoughts and theories on this fantastic franchise. Today, I want to have a conversation about someone that I think is quite possibly the worst character in all of Star Trek, and that is Travis Mayweather from Star Trek Enterprise. And before I go any further, I should say I don't mean any disrespect to actor Anthony Montgomery, because while he did the best he could with what he was given, it just so happens that he wasn't given much. In fact, He was given so little that he makes Harry Kim look like a character from Game of Thrones. That's how much depth, or rather how little depth, they gave Travis. And it's frustrating. And I just really want to have a conversation about it because I think it is just so unfortunate and really is a disservice to Mr. Montgomery who played him. But before I get into that, I want to talk about something else. Something else that's been on my mind. And that is... Captain Panaka from the Star Wars universe, specifically Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and his stupid, stupid, ugly hat. Okay? Someone on my Facebook one day wrote, and this was meant in fun, and I agree with this person, and they basically said, hey, I love your podcast, but you don't really yell, even though it's called yelling about Star Trek. And I was like, you know what, sir? Sir? You are correct. I don't yell. So I want to yell right now, and I'm going to. But this is not going to be about Star Trek. This is going to be about Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace, as I already said. This is going to be about Captain Panaka. 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 I I don't even know how to pronounce his name, okay? He is a cool character. He's done some good stuff. He has some cool lines, like, uh, why am I blanking on the line now? (laughs) I, honestly, I like the character, but his hat is just so ridiculous. And I want to give some context as to why I'm talking about this now. Why is it on my mind when I'm talking about Star Trek? Well, I've been back at the gym and I've been doing a good job. So I'm very proud of myself. And at the gym... I do a pretty good workout. I do some pull-ups. I do a bunch of weight lifting to build my muscles. And then I do turf work. And then I do the treadmill for 15 minutes. And I do it at the highest possible incline, which is incline of 15. And I do it at about a speed of 3 And I do this for 15 minutes and I can burn something like 200 calories. And why am I going on about my exercise routine? Well, because I discovered recently, and I don't know why I'm saying I discovered as if this is such a shocking, amazing thing that now that you know is gonna enrich your lives. But I found that if I start, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. I don't know why I keep calling it Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, because if I say Episode 1, you probably know what I'm talking about if you're listening to this podcast. So if I started right at the part where they encounter Darth Maul, I can usually get to, I would say, to just when Qui-Gon dies and then Obi-Wan kicks Darth Maul's ass and then gets kicked off the thing, as we all know. I can get around there, and that's usually when... My 15 minutes is up and I'm usually 200 calories in. So I tend to watch this all the time. I've been doing this now for a couple of weeks and I'm terrified of people coming up to me and being like, why are you always watching Star Wars, man? When you're on the treadmill, you got to be doing something else with your life. I don't know why I'm doing this weird New York accent, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I just, I love doing this and I was just in the mood to watch it recently because I was thinking about the Phantom Menace duel of fates fight at the very end, which I think really does make the movie. Like the movie is not fantastic, but when you get to that scene, it's incredible. So I've been watching this all the time. And then for some reason, as soon as Captain Panaka shows up and he says, attention guns, that's the line I was trying to think of earlier when they like shoot the, 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 They shoot their guns at the wall, but they shoot the tow cables, the grappling cable. That's what it's called, grappling cable. And that's a cool line. But every time I see his character, I remember how much I hate his stupid, stupid hat. And this is something that I've hated forever. And mind you, I am 31 years old now. So when this movie came out, I was in the third grade. Or as we say in Canada, grade three. I don't know if when people say the third grade or whatever that, like if someone says I'm in the second grade, that is usually something they say in the, in the I S I don't believe we really say it here in Canada. We just say grade two, grade three, grade four. doesn't matter. The point is I was really young. So a lot of the awfulness of, of episode one really didn't hit me, but captain Panaka's stupid, stupid hat just irritated me from day one. And I got to give credit where credit's due, okay? The top of the hat looks good. The leather's pretty cool. It has a nice shape. It reminds me a bit of a messenger boy hat, which I love. I'm obsessed with those and I wear them all the time. Actually, I don't tend to wear them as much now because I'm bald. I should actually be wearing them more now that I'm bald. I shaved my head in the beginning of the pandemic and I haven't have worn my uh, my flat cap as much or my messenger boy hat, as they say. So it, it has a cool vibe, but the part that just that just irks me and I really want to start throwing out some swear words okay I'm not going to because I want to keep the show PG but just it's it's the material cloth part that's that's underneath the hat at the back of his head it just makes it look stupid like what is the cloth there to do like what is the cloth there to do I mean I don't understand any practical purpose for it. It's not like, oh, they're afraid that their captains are going to get cold and they want to have a little cloth thing in the back because of all the wind on Naboo. No, there's no reason for it. It just looks stupid. It makes them look unprofessional. And I just, I can't not think about his hat anytime he's on screen. And again, he does cool stuff. He's a cool bodyguard. He's loyal. Actually, he's not even just a bodyguard. He's like the head of security. Which I guess is also makes him a bodyguard, but he's a lot more than just your average bodyguard. No, he has tactical skill. People love him. He's incredibly competent. He can fight real well. The way he blasts the living daylights out of that one window when they're before they do their ascension guns thing is so cool. But the stupid hat just takes away from the character. It's like if this character is telling me something. And then I have another person who is clearly a bad guy or just incompetent. I'm going to trust that person because they're not wearing a stupid hat. Ah, It's just so frustrating because I know Lucas is so meticulous about every single character design, every costume, every piece of clothing, any weapon or, you know, basically anything that you see in Star Wars, it's because... Lucas has crafted it in a very specific way. And say what you will about the prequel trilogy. I know those are not popular movies. And I know I'm not supposed to like them. I don't like Attack of the Clones. I don't like The Phantom Menace as an actual movie. I do really enjoy The Revenge of the Sith, which I know is not a politically correct thing to say that you enjoy it. But I really do. But my whole point being that regardless of what you think about the quality of the prequel movies... The set design and the costumes and just the overall world building in the prequel trilogy, I think is phenomenal. But then you get to Captain Panaka's stupid, stupid hat. It's like, Lucas, how do you come up with so many great things? But then you make this ridiculous hat. I just, I don't know why they gave it to him. I can't get past it. It takes me out of the movie every time I watch it. And I, and I do watch Phantom Menace quite a bit because I love it. Even though I know it's not a good movie. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I like it because I like aspects of it, okay? That's all I want to say about that. But every time I watch the movie, his hat just takes me out of it. Just like, dude, take off your hat, you know? I I didn't swear there. I didn't swear, I swear. I didn't swear. But I I really want to. And it's just so frustrating to me. And this is the most fun I've had. And I just wanted to get this off my chest because every time I see it, I'm like, this hat is ruining the movie for me, okay? I need to get this off my chest. I'm done. I'm okay. I'm calm. I'm cool. I'm over it. But just do me a favor. When you listen to this episode, shoot me a message, an email, a tweet, something, just to let me know how you feel about Captain Panaka's hat. Do you like his hat? Or do you think it's just so stupid like I do? Like, this is just the most ridiculous thing that I've ranted about on this show. And this isn't even... Star Trek. This is Star Wars. Why am I yelling about this on a Star Trek podcast? Well, because this is the only place I think I can actually yell about this kind of thing. (sighs) I'm done. All right. Now, let's talk about Travis. All right. I'm done. I'm done yelling about this. Let's move on with the episode. And this is where I'll say... Make sure you get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiny spirit boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the archer maneuver and brace for impact because things are about to get nerdy and probably a little bit more angry because I'm in this mood to, to do my not really angry, but I'm kind of yelling just like Greg Miller does in a lot of his podcasts. If you know who that is, good on you. And if you don't, look up Greg Miller yelling. It, it's always fun. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about Travis. Ensign Travis Mayweather. As you know, he is the helm officer on the Enterprise. And if you've watched the first episode recently, or you've rewatched the first season, then you likely remember that maybe the biggest thing about Travis, beyond the fact that he's a helmsman, is that he's a space boomer. Okay, and a space boomer is someone that actually grows up in space because he grew up on... A freighter and his parents basically just were were traders and they would always do cargo runs to different planets and that's what they did. And that's what a lot of people in that time period did is they would just haul haul freight and they would make money and they would go back and forth between planets. And so you have Travis who has been in space his whole life. He knows his way around his ship. He understands what it means to live in space. That is a big deal, especially when you think about that Archer and Tripp and all the other crew members on the Enterprise really didn't spend that much time in space. Like them being on Enterprise and that mission on Enterprise in the first season, that's their first time in space that is like actively prolonged. Granted, Archer did do some test flights back when he was in the Academy or not really the Academy, but when he was younger, he did test flights. But he wasn't a full-fledged astronaut. He wasn't someone that lived in space. So the fact that Travis has been in space his whole life is so cool and just gives him a unique perspective that can really potentially make a difference. And there's maybe a very few occasions where it does make an impact and where Travis will say, well, you know, space boomers, blah, blah, blah. This is that. And this is how we should do something or whatever it is. But you rarely get that. And so this idea of him being a space boomer isn't just like a random thing they drop in three seasons into the show. Oh, by the way, I'm a space boomer. No, they make a big deal about it in the first episode. He's like, oh, here's our space boomer. And that's how he's introduced. And that's such a huge thing. And you think, okay, man, this is a really cool concept. This is definitely going to play into the show. And it doesn't. I mean, there's a couple of episodes where it does play into the series, specifically the episode Fortunate Son. And the Horizon, the fortunate Sun, is the one where they encounter a freighter captain, or rather encounter the first officer of a freight ship, or freighter, as they say, because that's actually what it's called. And, you know, he's up to something, and Travis is kind of like, ooh, something's going on. And you can see Travis is a little conflicted. He's like, well, look at all these traders, and look at the way we used to do things. And when I was growing up, we were kind of left alone. Like, we had our own society, essentially. We played by our own rules. And if there was a problem on the freighter, it would be solved on the freighter. And that was it. Starfleet and other governments were not involved. They, even Earth wasn't really involved in that. It was like our own thing. So you can see that Travis is struggling with this idea that now Starfleet is getting into everyone's business, so to speak. And he's and the fact that Starfleet's like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this thing. You got to do it this way. Travis is a bit torn about that. And then when he's talking to the first officer guy before things get a little wild, the first officer is basically like, hey, dude, like you were you were raised on a freighter. Your family's on that freighter. You kind of ditched them and they probably were pretending to be supportive because they didn't want to make you feel bad. But you basically ditched it on your family. And so Travis is trying to grapple with that, which is such a cool conflict. But it's never really explored. And granted, we do get the episode Horizon where he does actually go aboard his old ship and he meets his family and some of his family is happy to see him. But then he has an issue with his brother because his brother feels like he abandoned him. And so there's a lot of really interesting stuff in that episode. But that's season two. And then after that episode, there's really nothing for Travis to do. He's, He's a helm officer. So he obviously has dialogue, but just nothing of substance. And it's frustrating because, again, there's such a cool idea there that, hey, he's a space boomer. He's someone that lived in space his whole life. Let's use that. But they don't. And it's just, it, it's so, so unfortunate. And then the last episode, I think he gets something to really do in is Demons. You know, the last episode of the the series, not counting these are the Voyagers, but the second, the, the Pentultimate episode, the the two part of that people tend to think of as, you know, that's the f- series finale. You know, it's not these are the voyages. It's Terra Prime and Demons. In that episode, he's having some romantic issues. Like an an old love interest of his is on the is on the ship and is now trying to report things, and he doesn't like her being there. So there's a little bit of tension there. But that's the penultimate episode. And beyond that, there's nothing. It, it, I don't know it's just it's just really irksome that that he doesn't get much to do because again, even when you look at people like Ensign Harry Kim, I think of Harry Kim as probably one of the worst characters on Voyager, but even he gets more to do. there's even at least the storyline about the fact that he's always Ensign, and that's you know that's kind of mean, it's kind of a joke, but at least when you think about Harry Kim, you think about, oh yeah, he's the guy that's always the ensign, whereas Travis, do people even think about Travis much? I mean, I mean, if you're thinking about Enterprise and you're really doing a deep dive, then yes, you probably will think of Travis, but I don't think he's a character that people really latch on to or even really think about. I mean, even looking at Malcolm Reed, Reed is kind of stiff and he's kind of a character that you don't really think much about. And I don't know if he's like a beloved character for Enterprise, but even Reed has stuff to do. He's the weapons officer. He, or not the weapons officer, but the armory officer, which is the same thing. He kind of is responsible for a lot of the tactical procedures we see later in the series. You know, we see that he's super stiff, and we get an a whole episode where they're trying to do something nice for his birthday, but they don't know anything about him, and so they call his parents. And even that's a really interesting scene. And then we get to see Reed loosening up. We get to see Reed's friendship with Trip over the years. We get to see Reed's beef with, um, I can't think of his name, but the uh, the Mako commander who he doesn't like, but then they sort of bond a little bit. Uh, Hayes, Major Hayes. So that's kind of a cool storyline in in season three. And then, you know, season four, I don't think he has a ton to do, but he's still there. He's still active. He's still part of the ship. But he has a lot more to do than than Mayweather, which is just, again, it's annoying when you think about the fact that Reed isn't really a well-loved character. He doesn't get as much to do as compared to Archer, Tripp, or DePaul. Oh, she's another example where she's not the most developed character on Enterprise and definitely not the most developed character in all of Trek. But even she has a storyline, has some sort of plot line where she's a little nervous and she's a little hesitant of of being in space and a little bit uncomfortable with, with this life being aboard the Enterprise. But you get to see her grow into that. And then you get to see her really excel as a communications officer, someone who is learning all these languages and who does make it possible for the crew to communicate with other species and is often able to convey really important, useful information to everyone. But again, she's not the most developed character, whereas Travis doesn't have any of that. You look at Chakotay, same thing. Chakotay, I don't think is a well-developed character in Voyager. In fact, Robert Beltran has even commented on the fact that he always thought he got the the short end of the stick when it came to that series and he felt like partway through they just kept focusing on Seven the Doctor and Janeway and they really didn't do anything with him and he just showed up, read some lines and left. But as the first officer, he really did have an impact on the show and you know, it's like of course you're going to think about Day because he's the first officer. He's giving out orders. He's doing things. He got more storylines in the first couple of seasons, which were, you know, they were alright, but Still, it felt like he was contributing to the show. Whereas Mayweather, yes, he has some fancy flying skills, but that's that's about it. And I, the only episode I can really think of where he really shows off how good he is is the episode Minefield when they're um, when they encounter the Romulans for the first time, and they're flying through the minefield, and Travis is really good at not hitting them, and he does an amazing job. When they comment on how stressful that situation is. But you know, beyond that, that's it. And we don't really get to see him doing a lot of fancy flying. And uh I don't even know where I want to go with this now because I'm just I'm ranting. I just feel like I've been ranting for a long time about this and the hat and Travis and all it's just it's so much. But like do you see when thinking about season three, everybody changes in season three. As I said, Malcolm gets his own little storyline with Major Hayes as he's learning how to work with him and to sort of adapt to the idea that maybe he isn't the most trained tactical officer, and maybe Mako is better, or maybe they do need Mako, and eventually he comes to grips with that. Archer goes through a phenomenal character arc where he's like just dead on set on finding the weapon, doing it at all costs, is willing to risk his morals, and then does it, crosses the line, and then has to grapple with the fact that he crossed this line. And you get to see him dealing with that Even into season four, where he's like, "Man, I did some stuff in the in the expanse that I'm not proud of, and I've got to deal with it." And he had that whole thing with Captain Hernandez, where he didn't like her because she reminded him of the way he used to be before all of that, like season one Archer. And so he, not that he didn't like her, but he was kind of like, "Man, this is reminding me of what I missed, or she's reminding me of what I meant, what I used to be, and I miss who I was." So you get that whole storyline. You get Tripp dealing with the fact that, you know, again, he was someone that was just all about revenge. He lost someone close to him. He lost a sister, and he was all about revenge. And then you see him do that turnaround as he starts to realize what Degra is trying to achieve and what he sacrificed. And so you see that change. DePaul goes through a crazy change in Season 3, but not Travis. Travis is just kind of there. He's flying the ship. He's firing weapons. Well, he's not firing weapons. It's Reed that's firing weapons, but he's not doing anything. I think he probably does some fancy flying at some point in the in the season. I'm sure he does. Nothing comes to mind, even though I've seen that season like oof, maybe four or five times now, if I'm being honest, probably more. But yeah, Travis just doesn't do much. And then Travis is basically the same character by the end of this series. He's just Ensign Travis, who flies the ship. And that's it. Well, as everybody else has changed. Again, even people like Koshi and Reed, who I don't think get a ton to do on the series, are, are different people, but not Travis. Travis is just the same guy. And it's so unfortunate because, as I said, Anthony Montgomery seems to be a good actor. I don't think he's like the level of Patrick Stewart, but... From what I can see, he seems to be pretty good. It's just he's not given anything to do, and it's just it's it's sad. And I always just feel like, man, how cool is it to be in Star Trek? You are going to be Star Trek. Essentially, Travis is the first Helmsman ever. So for Anthony Montgomery to be cast in that role, it's got to have been one of the coolest things of his life, or at least one of the best moments when he found out that he was going to be Helmsman on the Enterprise, the first Enterprise. And then for him to get treated that way, and I don't know if this was intentional or, or what it was, but just the fact that he was just given so little to do was just so disheartening. And it's disrespectful to a good actor or to any actor, even if you're not a great actor, it's disrespectful to give you to, to make you a main character on a show and give you nothing. Again, even Harry Kim got more to do. And I like Garrett Wong. I do, but he wasn't given anything to do as Anton Kim. And I mean, look, like almost all of these characters that I mentioned who are not amazing characters in general all have at least one episode where they're phenomenal. Like, you look at Kim, and he gets timeless, all right? That's an episode that is considered to be one of the best episodes of Voyager. I would even go as far as to say it's an essential episode because it's just so good, and Kim does such a great job in that episode, or rather, not Kim. Like, Kim does a good job in the episode, but, but Garrett Wong, the actor... Does an amazing job and plays him so well and is able to convey the emotion and the the grief that, that Kim is feeling, having been the one that essentially caused the ship to crash. It's just, it's perfect. And you get Hoshi. You know, I don't think that Hoshi's episode, Vanishing Point, is necessarily like a must see episode, but it's really cool. It is sci fi, it is weird, it's a little creepy. And if you're like, what's that episode? That's the one where, um, where Hoshi goes through a transporter. And then like weird stuff starts happening and people can't seem to see her. And she's like freaking out and just, it's such a good episode. So she has that. And there's just all of those characters that I mentioned all have really, at least not really good episodes. I should say at least one good episode where it's like, man, that's amazing, but not Travis like horizon. It's okay. It's a fine episode, but it's not great. And it's just, oh, I don't know. I keep saying it's just, but it's just so frustrating. And I really think Anthony Montgomery deserved better. And I hope that they bring back enterprise or something like that. Maybe they can call it, have a show called Archer, just called Archer, not the comedy, but just be about Captain Archer. And, you know, and maybe they could bring back some of the other cast, maybe bring back the whole cast and just really give Travis something to do, something really cool, because I think they can do it now. Like, if I had done this episode even say two months ago, I would have said, I don't know if they could really do anything with Travis because Picard wasn't very good and Discovery's been okay. But honestly, Picard's been killing it. I'm loving it. And I just, every episode's amazing to me. And I'm so happy it's on that I, and I really think, yeah. They could do a lot with Travis. They could really maybe give him some more depth. And I think he deserves another chance. He's because, again, I think he did as well as he could with what he was given. He just wasn't given much. And what he was given was just garbage. It's just, it just bugs me and it just breaks my heart. And I really feel for the actor and I really just hope he gets another chance. And uh, that's all I wanted to say today. Just really get that off my chest and really just explore that situation. And I really, really hope he gets a second chance. But what about you? Do you agree with my thoughts on Travis being the worst character? Or do you think that honor goes to someone else? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Also, let me know what you liked about the episode, what you didn't like, and what you like about the show and what you don't like about the show. Because ultimately, my goal is to make a show that you enjoy listening to. And in the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there. that away.